Hello, and welcome to Killer Hangover. My name is Bettina. And my name is Beth. Thank you for joining us. This is going to be our 17th 17th episode. 17th episode. And this week, we are going to tell you a true crime story and a paranormal out of Illinois. Mm -hmm. And Beth, since you have the paranormal, what did you bring us to drink? I actually found a beer from Normal Illinois, and it's from Destill Brewery, and that's D-E-S-T-I-H-L. And I chose, I found a few of them, but I chose the Vertex IPA. Interesting. I love IPAs. I haven't tried it yet. Crisp, hoppy, and citrusy. I'm so excited to try this. If you don't like that, I wouldn't be surprised because it's real grapefruity. That citrusy is uh, definitely the forward taste. How do you say that? Like in wine? Um, I usually really like hoppy beers, but the citrusy takes over the hoppiness, I think. You're right. It is more grapefruity. I think it's very good. (laughs) I'm a beer drinker. so I mean, I'm going to drink it anyway, but mm, interesting. It's, It's very refreshing. Oh, yeah. Well, so this will be a good summer. Another oh, good summer, summer drink. <laughs> summer. Let's just take a moment here and think about the beach and summer. <laughs> Seems so far away being cooped up in my home with toddlers. <sighs> All right. Back to reality. Tell me a true crime story. All right. My crime story surrounds itself with Bruce Lindell. Have you ever heard of him? Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Well, we've all heard of the genealogy websites, Ancestry.com, FamilySearch.com, 23andMe, right? Yes. Yes. And these are great for people who want to track down their roots. They're also great sites, and you did mention this in one of our podcasts, to help police solve cases. Yes in the Indiana case with John D. Miller. That's right. So unfortunately, this tool is becoming more and more difficult for the police to use, if not even impossible anymore, because of privacy yep, acts. Yep, they changed the privacy acts. So just to better explain, so even though John D. Miller never like had an account or anything like that, maybe his great-great-aunt did or something like that, and that's how they would track him down. So... They have his DNA from a spent condom. Mm-hmm. And so they kept it in the evidence. Right. And then they decided they were going to just do this fast analysis from So they run that ancestry. DNA against Ancestry to mm-hmm. see if they get a match. And, and they then, got a match with his family. Mm-hmm. And so because maybe his third cousin turned it in. 12 years ago or whatever somebody so they got a match to his family and so from there they can narrow down right so then they can cut out the people who are dead they can cut out the people who don't fit in the age of the crime or whatever they can cut out obviously they're looking for a male then cut out the females they can cut out the people that don't live anywhere in the area and that narrowed it down at least in john d miller's case to two brothers and i know a lot of people want their own privacy respected too so i know that the privacy laws on those have really 
gotten really strict to um, protect people's DNA and their genealogy. If right. So those sites will no longer share the DNA information with law enforcement. Yeah. Um, and I can understand that. But at the same time, it, it caught the Golden helped, State Killer. It's, it's helped it caught solve so many, so many cases. Crimes. Yeah. So, but let me interject here and go back <laughs> to this crime. But as recently as January 13th, 2020, a cold case was closed using this approach. Okay, cool. So wow, we're gonna, that was like a few months ago. That's crazy. We're going to go back to January 1976. That was not a few years ago. <laughs> You were nowhere around this earth. <laughs> nope, nope, I wasn't. <laughs> so that was 44 years ago. 16-year-old Pam Marr disappeared while walking from a friend's house to buy soda. The next day, her body was found along the side of a road in Lyle, Illinois. She had been raped and murdered. The evidence and biological traces found on her body were kept. Now, remember, back then, no DNA testing. Right. In so they still they kept, kept it. it, though. Wow. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. In 1993, the case was reopened. The evidence collected helped investigators develop a DNA profile of her killer. But the case remained unsolved. Mm. So I'm going to leave you with that right now gotcha and continue with an introduction to bruce lindell okay bruce was born on january there's a lot of january's in this january 29th <laughs> 1953 in st charles illinois he had three siblings he attended college and graduated in the mid-70s with a degree in electromechanics Ooh. he worked as an electrician wow his friends which are very few were very few spoke positively about him, but did say that he would occasionally show aggressive behaviors. One of his closest friends was an Aurora police officer, Dave Torres. They would play racquetball, go out for dinner and drinks, and meet up on double dates. Lindell rented a room from Torres, and in 1979, Torres actually sold his house to Lindell. Oh. This is a quote. He was a nice guy with a short fuse. If you watched him go off, you knew, boom, he's going. Uh-oh. That was from Torres. He said that to the Beacon News. After Lindell became a suspect, Torres had a hard time as an officer in the Aurora area. Oh, I'm sure. And eventually retired and moved to Las Vegas. Oops. There was always a, a suspicion that he knew what was going on. Yeah. And just I, don't think, and I don't think he did at all. During the interview, Torres is quoted as saying, you never know who you'll meet or how it'll turn out. But sometimes people come into your life and they leave a scar on you that you can't get away from. Ooh, deep. And he most certainly was talking about Lindell. Lindell's friends may have found him mm, a kind of fun guy to hang out with sometimes, but others did not describe him in such favorable Sounds words. Sounds like he snaps a lot. Yeah, former high school classmates said he was, quote, Creepy and an oddball oh, who gosh. was forceful around girls. Mm. Mike and Terry Gilbert were interviewed on CBS Chicago, and they told a story that happened between Terry and Bruce when they were in high school. Terry said Bruce was hanging around her car. He creeped her out, so she quickly got into her car. It started, and he sneered and said, hmm, that shouldn't have started. 
<gasps> he had disconnected wires. Oh my gosh. And he said, I was going to give you a ride home. <gasps> it's very likely she would have become one of his victims. Oh my and that's gosh, back what in a high creep. School. And she was like, it just, the whole thing just stuck with her because it just creeped her out. It was so weird. But he just. What a terrible pickup line anyway, but just. <laughs> just nonchalantly. Creepy said that he he admitted he cut the wires oh i just got chills what a creep lindo seemed to be a very restless person or easily bored or running away from his demons mm. i don't know what but whatever the case from 1974 to 1978 he moved several times living in chicago and its various suburbs until he finally moved to aurora where he rented the room from taurus this is where the attack on Annette Lazar, L-A-Z-A-R, who was 20, occurred. It was on March 6, 1979. Annette was kind of just walking around. She was heading to her friend's house, and Lyndall was driving, and he pulled up alongside her. Hey, what are you doing? And she goes, oh, not much. I'm just going to go smoke some pot with my friends. <laughs> and he goes, hey, well, I got some really good pot at my house. You want to? come to my house and I'll sell you some good pot. And she's like, oh, okay. So she goes to his house. So don't do drugs, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I watched an interview with her. And all these years later, you can tell that that night is still fresh in her head. She still feels ashamed and regrets that she was so naive at the time. She said she walked into the house and Lyndall immediately attacked her. He raped her with a gun to her head. Oh, my gosh. Now... She was, for some reason, something clicked with her, and she thought, this guy is totally into himself, so she talked him up, Ooh. and she told him how handsome he was, and how she, he's really her type, and maybe we can meet up again, because I kind of really like you. Now, he just raped her. before or no, after? he had just raped her. Oh, my God! But he fell for it. <gasps> okay. And so he thought he had a girlfriend, I guess. So. Oh, my God. He that her, saved her life. He let her go. And she went straight to the police. Good girl. But she even showed them the bruises on her bodies because she had a, a bruise up around her neck they and didn't believe on her, her shoulder. They didn't and believe her. And she even had a bruise on her temple where the gun was because he pushed it so hard against her temple. And they didn't believe her. The police, they didn't believe her, no. And but the police said the case was investigated and given to Kane County State's attorney, but that seemed to be as far as it ended. I don't know. That's what the police said. Was the incident dropped because Annette was a drug user, and the attack happened in the house that belonged to Officer Dave Torres? Oh, I forgot about that. Whatever the reason, Lindell was not charged, and that's Makes from me the so CBS mad chicago news interview on november 5th 1979 deborah mccall 16 disappears she was a downers grove north high school student if you, you see a picture of her she's a beautiful young lady just absolutely beautiful her body has never been found oh my gosh on january 23rd 1980 deborah colliander 25, was abducted from a parking lot in an Aurora, Illinois mall. Lindell took Deborah to his house and raped her. He either released her or she escaped. 
It just, I'm not sure what happened there. But either way, she was able to get away from him. She ran naked to a neighbor's house. They called the police. My gosh. This time, Lyndall was arrested and charged. Unfortunately, he was able to make bail, and he was released. These assholes should just stay in prison forever. Sorry. (laughs) On October 7th, two weeks before the trial, Deborah went missing after leaving work. She was never seen alive again, and the trial was canceled due to the key witness being absent. All charges were dropped. But they didn't even, like, was he, did they suspect him? She was gone. In fact, two years later, on April 28th, 1982, her body was found in a shallow grave in a farmer's field. Now, at that point, Lyndall was suspected of the murder, but there was no evidence because her body was so decomposed. Are you kidding me? So, again, But they have to know. Like, he was about to be tried for the rape of her, and then she goes missing, and then her body's found. But there's no evidence. (laughs) I know. On December 22nd, 1980, a 30-year-old woman is attacked outside a North Aurora restaurant after she refuses a man's advances. This time, there's several witnesses, and the man leaves before causing more harm to the woman. The police are contacted, and during the questioning, the woman is giving pictures of known criminals to look at. Lyndall's picture was not among them. Why? He wasn't a known criminal. I guess. But the woman did pick out another man who looked an awful lot like Lyndall. But that didn't mean anything. On January 28th... I know you say Torres had nothing to do with it, but you do start to kind of wonder if the police stopped looking at him for things because of where he lived or his friendship with... I don't know that Torres had... Because he... After the incident with Colliander... Mm-hmm. That was his house, and she went to a neighbor. Right. Torres was actually one of the first policemen there, and and he took him in, but he never had a good relationship with the police after that. They just didn't trust him. Mm. He said that if he was in danger, he didn't know if he could call on his fellow policemen oh, to wow. back him up. I mean, that's, you know... I don't really think he had anything to do no, with this. No, I, I agree. I don't think he had anything to do with it. Just he moved away, and it just sounds, I feel really bad for him. But I can see why people would think that. Would think that, yeah. But this was like that guy that, I mean, we've talked about so many We've talked about this guys. guy in every freaking episode. <laughs> <laughs> that keeps just sliding <laughs> under the dang radar. Ugh. So on January 28th, 1981... Linda this is a lot of Januaries. I told you, it's weird. Wait, Lin- wasn't his birthday in January mm-hmm. too? So this always seems to be around his birthday. It's like he's no, because himself. we're December, June, November. Okay, but January just pops up. Linda was picked up after being convicted of illegally tapping and recording other people's phone calls, and he oh. was doing that to get money out of them. To- oh, I mean, oh, I like to listen to other people's phone calls, but I'm just a nosy person. <laughs> No, he, he wanted to have something on people and then, you know, trap them. Ooh, blackmail. He attacks a police officer and aims a gun at them when they came to w- give him his warrant. What? Lyndall is charged with the resisting arrest, illegal possession of weapons, and assault. But again released on bail. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. 
my gosh. Now listen to this one. This oh, is no. another episode involving Lindell happened when he was pulled over by the police. The date and the reason for the pullover were it's not, is not known. Yeah, it's not. Police saw an unconscious woman in the back seat bleeding from an injury to her head. Lindell said he was taking her to the hospital. Bullshit. He was going in the opposite direction from the hospital. The police, though, were on it, and they called an ambulance. So the ambulance took her to the hospital. Good. At the hospital, it was discovered that the woman had been sexually assaulted. The woman only remembered Lindell offering her drink at a party and nothing after that. Oh, so no girl. charges were filed. Oh, my gosh. But at least, I mean, do the police have, like, an eye on him now after everything? Like, well, you have to remember that this is many years ago. And these are different counties. These are different cities. We've talked about that before. That okay. just totally So at the time, there's with, no, yeah. the only connection would be if somebody was sitting and, and list, or reading records or listening to police reports. Oh, my God. Obi, just. Oh my gosh. You have to repeat your sentence. I'm going to cut all. Oh my God. <laughs> we need Lysol in here. Jeez. We need him out of here. And after about 10 minutes and a lot of Lysol and running the fan, we continue. Now, remember, this is in the 80s. So this is a while yeah. back. Okay. Uh, they didn't have, you know, the connections that the police have nowadays. So the only way that they would know is if they were happened to look at records from yeah. another county or... Because like you said, he's not like a known criminal. Right. Or police, yeah. for some reason, sat together and they were talking about the different crimes right. or whatever and ding, you know, light bulb went out. I mean, there's, they just didn't have what we have today. Well, I'm going to take this moment and um, open another one. All right. And it'll be a good paragraph to uh, open it to because. <laughs> okay. <laughs> On April 4th, 1981, Lendl met Charles Hubber, 18, at a Naperville bowling alley. That same night, Lendl stabs Charles 28 times. Why? No motive. Don't know. He went... Back to He's just been going over like raping women and getting women and now all of a sudden he goes over to this guy's apartment and stabs him 28 times. Now here's where the poetic justice comes in. During the attack, somehow Lindell stabs his own leg, mm? slicing an artery and he bleeds to death. Wait, I just almost choked on my beer. Wait, what? <laughs> exactly. During the attack on Charles, it's so frenzied that he somehow slices his own leg, his own thigh. Okay. And cutting into so an he artery. Dies. So your he story's over right now? Well, police have never found a motive for the stabbing. And they walked into the apartment. I forgot who called. Uh, walked into the apartment and saw both of them lying there dead. Oh, my gosh. Now, remember, we're going to jump ahead. Remember the first victim, 16-year-old Pam Maurer? Yes. Who disappeared in 1976. Okay. And remember I said they collected and kept forensic they kept evidence, her evidence from yes. the scene. It's now 2001. 
and DNA profile has been made available of her suspected killer. But it didn't lead anywhere. Jump even more to 2019, last year. DNA testing is even more advanced and combined with the genealogy analysis, Bruce Lindell becomes a main person of interest. His body is exhumed, and on January 13th, 2020, police announced that... Again, another January date. (laughs) It was almost like to the date, actually, because... And I, I looked at this twice. She was found, I believe, on the 13th or 14th of January. Of 1976. Uh, Full circle right there. Just weird. And on January 13th, 2020, police announced that DNA evidence connects Lindell to the murder of Pam Maurer. Now, Lyle Police Detective Charles Ludon, L-O-U-D-O-N, and other detectives in areas where Lindell lived that's Lyle Woodridge Downers Grove. Remember, we have somebody missing from Downers right, Grove High right. School. And Aurora are trying to retrace Lindell's steps. And now police are working backwards. Oh. So what's becoming clear is that this man was a monster and flew under the radar for so many years. Too Sev- many years. Several photos of women, some nude, were found in Lindell's house after he died. A picture of 16-year-old Deborah McCall, the high school student, was found among them. Wait, and they still didn't think it was him at the time? Again, suspect, no evidence. That's evidence, though. He has a picture of her naked body. I don't know. She was 16. I don't know if that was naked. Some were naked and some weren't. But he still had a picture of her. He had a picture of her. He could have just taken a picture of her randomly. I mean, we, there's no, (sighs) that's what's so hard. There's no evidence but he's dead anyway i mean stupid though between the pictures (laughs) and the fact that women disappeared in the areas at the same time that lindell resided in those same areas Mm. and then women stopped disappearing from that area whenever Lindell moved to a different area police suspect that he may be responsible for as many as 12 murders and nine sexual assaults. But they'll never know. Here are just some things that have come to the attention of the police since suspecting Lindell. One, a young woman's body was found about a block from where Pam Maurer was found. Two, Lindell attempted to lure another young woman into his car in a neighborhood community the same day Pam was abducted. Oh. Three, after his death, a woman came forward and identified Lindell as her attacker. Four, detectives uncovered a report that a woman had told police that someone had tried to abduct her from the same mall on the same day that Colliander was abducted. Oh, my gosh. Um, this is a quote from Detective Loudon. I think there's probably people we don't even know about right now. Oh, I'm sure. People that just didn't come, women that just didn't come forward. So I am going to actually give you guys numbers because authorities urge anyone with information on Lindell or any potential victims to call the DuPage County State Attorney's tip line at, and Beth will post these numbers also. Absolutely. 630-407-8107 or the Lyle Police 
at 630-271-4252. So police are still at this time investigating Lindell. Ugh. Ugh. That is just crazy. Can I have another beer? (laughs) (laughs) On a lighter note, I will say, I really do liking... I really do liking the beer. (laughs) I really do like getting beer from smaller breweries or distilleries or whatever to kind of help get their names out there and everything. I lost my train of thought, but (laughs) what I was saying (laughs) was I like having beer. I like beer. Something Aiden would say. I, I'm, I like having beer. I'm I not like finished, beer. Mom. <laughs> I like helping breweries and having beer on the podcast, but I apologize. It's a carbonated drink. There is burping involved, <laughs> and I'm constantly moving my microphone away from myself. Just like, oh, that happened? <laughs> like, moving it away because it's a carbonated drink, and... The end. <laughs> Jeez, it's a long story. Um, I wasn't kidding. Oh, you do want another one? <laughs> All right. So on with the paranormal from Illinois. All righty. Well, you enjoy that brewski, mom. All right, I will. Okay. So I'm gonna get a little dark here. Your story was pretty dark. <laughs> it wasn't dark enough, I guess. Okay. Um, my paranormal story is a little dark, and maybe it's more legend than anything. Okay. But I started doing research on this and wasn't going to do it because it's about some bridges. And I know you just, just did, did a bridge, bridge story. <laughs> So I wasn't going to do it, but I just kept kept coming back to it. I just kept coming back to it. And it just kept giving me more and more stories on it. And I just got way too intrigued. So there I have we to have to tell it. the stories. <laughs> okay. So it's kind of two stories in one, um, but not. So, okay. <laughs> just outside Collinsville, Illinois. On a stretch of a few roads leading into Troy, there are seven railroad bridges. They are referred to as the Seven Gates of Hell. All seven of them? Yes. Some railroad bridges are still in use, but most of them aren't. And I think when it says some are still in use, I think maybe, maybe one. Okay. The road and these bridges, or gates, as they're more commonly known, are said to have been built in the late 1800s to help navigate under the trains for the mining town that used to be there. These gates have stories of KKK meetings, Mm -hmm. hangings, very similar to Goatman's Bridge. Just all those legends of old bridges, basically. And so, so you can kind of visualize this. They're talking not necessarily about the bridge over top because a lot of them you can't even cross over top anymore. They literally just look like a tunnel, basically, that is haunted. It's like the gate 
they call it the gates, but it's basically just like a tunnel that's under an old bridge that may not even be attached to anything anymore. Does that make sense? So they're literally just like one lane roads and then the bridge goes over that. And that's what the train goes over. The train's on the top of the bridge. (laughs) Okay. So there was a road that would go between all these bridges. Okay. Under the bridges that these people would walk on. Okay. Back in the day. So they obviously weren't built for nowadays for cars driving on them. They're very, yeah. So in recent times, there have been actually many deaths under these bridges mostly from car accidents or people getting hit by cars because the roads are very narrow. They were built for people to walk on almost kind of like a, I mean, it's a road sized, but back in the day, I'm sure it was like a sidewalk that you would just walk on to get to town and then back out of town. Right. And it got you past the bridges or past the trains because you'd walk under them. Gotcha. So the road is surrounded by thick trees the area is very green. Again, very similar to your last story. <laughs> but even during the day, there's a major creep factor for the area. The legend has been around for a very long time. And it says that if someone drives under all of these bridges, driving under the last bridge at the stroke of midnight, they will be transported to hell by, quote, Satan's hellhounds again this legend has been around for a very long time and there's tons of people that come out to try to do this and like go through all the bridges and every single bridge of the seven bridges is supposed to have like a different there's a different legend behind it and a different haunting to it can i ask a question Mm -hmm. i'm trying to picture it this is road go straight and then there's a bridge and go straight and then there's a bridge no so actually like line it's many different roads so good question because it's not just one straight road and then like all these seven bridges on it and you can just drive a straight path no it's like in the same area but there's several different roads so that's what's kind of I don't know. It's probably the same railroad that's looping say, around the same railroad seven, track. Exactly. But they're different roads. Exactly. Okay. So what I'm really going to focus on is another bridge, not these seven bridges. So now I'm really going to lose you. But there's another bridge in this area that's really, it's normally confused with bridges uh, six. It's this bridge <laughs> usually gets himself. <laughs> No, the bridge gets confused with bridge number six because it's in the general area. Okay. But this bridge is the bridge I really want to focus on because it's the most haunted and it's called Acid Bridge. So I just kind of wanted to give you a little bit of a heads up of the seven gates of hell bridges Mm -hmm. because they're it's literally in this like clump of an area it's very small and you have all these okay does acid bridge go underneath a rail so acid bridge goes over a creek okay okay and what's haunted is on top of the creek where all these other bridges what's haunted is underneath the bridges got it okay okay so acid bridge there are many legends around this particular bridge So these stories have been around since before the 80s. It used to be used as a big party spot. 
got its name from rave parties held there in the 70s and 80s and the drug of choice being acid acid exactly what's really weird about this bridge though is it's totally covered in graffiti i mean paint on paint on paint Mm. it's crazy so even if you go to google earth right now and look at this you can like you know, virtually walk across the bridge. I know we're doing everything virtually right now (laughs) anyway, but you can virtually walk across this bridge and just see all the graffiti. And I will post the latitude and longitude of this bridge because if you just go on Google Maps and search Acid Bridge, it won't take you there. I found the long... (laughs) I found the logo... (laughs) I said it right the first time. I found the longitude and latitude numbers. So if you put that in, it'll take you right there. And you can see how covered in graffiti this is. I'll post some pictures and the, so you can go and search So is this bridge a covered bridge? No, it is not covered. What's it made of? It's just a cement bridge. Oh, it's cement. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's not like the Goatman's Bridge. No, it's a cement. Exactly. It's a cement bridge. So the most told story of this bridge is that one night while a group of teenagers was partying here, one of them pulled out a gun and just started shooting. Oh. No one knows for sure if they were shooting at the kids or if they were just trying to be silly and like shooting off in the air. Acid trip. Exactly. But one of the bullets ricocheted and that's why I'm thinking they weren't like shooting at the people. Maybe they were just like shooting up in the air just because and but one of the bullets ricocheted and killed one of the kids there. Mm. So the story has been told for a while now. And I'm sure, I don't know if it's exactly true or not, but there are several bullet holes in the guardrails of the bridge. Kind of like proof that it did really happen. Okay. Many deaths have happened at this bridge or in its proximity. That is fact. Many stories are told of kids getting high and jumping or falling into the creek below and drowning. Mm. Here we go again, guys. Don't do Do drugs. drugs. (laughs) The theme of this episode, apparently. (laughs) Uh, There's even some stories of kids hanging themselves from the bridge. An interviewed sheriff actually reported a couple of stories to a paranormal group. One day he was doing his normal drive, checking on things. They have to drive around there pretty regularly because there is satanic worshipers. Like I said, it is a party spot. And just like Goatman. Yeah. Yeah. They have to keep an eye on it. So he actually found a body hanging in one of the trees right off the bridge. Oh. Another time he was called to the bridge and the entire bridge had been soaked in gasoline and was on fire. Holy smokes. But it was concrete. It's concrete, but it's just soaked in gasoline and on fire. And they were thinking it was to hide another crime that they had seen in the area. There are even stories of a cult practicing rituals in the grove of trees just next to the bridge. I'm sure. There are also stories of car accidents. Many. One accident in particular. So apparently back in the 70s, a car full of kids on acid was driving around and they were going to try to drive through the portals of hell. See, it does tie together, mom. The seven bridges. Okay. And like we said before, they do confuse acid bridge for bridge six. I don't, I mean, I haven't been on the roads, but apparently that's a common thing. 
So the story goes that they got lost and they ended up driving off of Acid Bridge with a huge explosive crash. Now this leads us to some of the hauntings of Acid Bridge. Headlights are seen driving near or up to Acid Bridge and they just disappear. Oh. Some people that stop at the bridge will see headlights driving behind them. A car slowly drives by and then will just vanish in front of them. Oh, that would be weird. Is this a car full of kids that perished off the bridge in the 70s? This phantom car supposedly also chases trespassers away. Another car accident on the bridge killed an eight-year-old little girl. Oh. Her ghost is seen on many occasions. She's seen sitting on the edge of the bridge, just staring into the woods. Oh, into the woods. Yeah. Like I mentioned, the bridges in the area are surrounded by heavy trees. But even through the heavy trees, people are seen standing in the trees. What? Among the trees? Just or in standing in there. Oh. And staring out? Mm-hmm. Torchlights are seen moving through the woods. Bonfires are seen from the bridge deep in the woods. It's believed to be cults practicing their dark worships. In the 90s, a woman was supposedly found stabbed and mutilated, dead under one of the seven bridges. I believe it was Gate 4. I think that's what I read. Her female parts and organs cut out and never found. Oh. Again, a belief of the local cults practicing their dark practices in the area. I watched several YouTube videos of investigations of the bridges. If you are brave enough, do it. (laughs) One of the creepier ones, it was actually really hard to watch because the guy was like holding the camera down at his hip, I guess, or something. Because it was just like, oh, I'm getting (laughs) a little bounced around here. (laughs) (laughs) But you hear a splash off the side of the bridge. Okay. And like the whole time he thinks that he's at gate six, first of all. And so he's like, well, this is supposed to be gate six and it doesn't look like gate six. I thought we're supposed to be able to walk under gate six. So they obviously had it confused too, that they're on acid bridge and not (laughs) gate six. But he's like talking about this whole time and they're just talking about graffiti and they're talking about, they look down in the creek and there's like, oh, there's a couch. And then one of his friends is like, oh, I've been looking for a couch. Like, (laughs) so they're just, you know, and then they're like, all right, did you guys get enough pictures? Where do you guys want to eat dinner? Like, this basically this video, yeah. And then all of a sudden you hear the splash off the side. And they're looking and they don't see anything. And they're like, did somebody throw something? Somebody down there? And they have some guy, like, going down to, like, look and see. Oh, they do? Like, not going all the way down, but going, you know, decently because he got scared. And he got scared, but he went down there. Well, not all the way down, but he <laughs> oh, kind of like started walking off the bridge. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you do, you hear a splash off the bridge and, you know, they're kind of making jokes, but you kind of wonder, is this some residual, you know, repeating sound of somebody jumping from the bridge back in the day was or it a big splash like what, or was yeah. it a fish jumping? No, it, there's no fish. It's a creek. And it's filled with refrigerators and furniture. And oh, yeah. And really, it's, it's kind of yucky. So I don't know if many fish are going to be down there jumping for joy. Um, <laughs> Trapped by a refrigerator. Yeah. 
So locals aren't too happy of the traffic these bridges bring to their area. The, quote, phantom car that may chase people out of there may actually just be locals. <laughs> and a comment I read on an article. So I was reading all these articles and then, you know, people nowadays can comment on all these articles. Somebody commented that they were a local, that they'd grown up there and they'd never witnessed anything on the bridge. And the bridge was honestly just a really good party spot because from the location of the bridge, you can see headlights coming. Okay. So if a cop is coming, you can can easily see him and get away. But are all these stories just urban legends? They say that urban legends are based on truths. Yep. I mean, the police records, the sheriff's interview, and the bullet holes in the guardrails are there. Regardless if it's true or not, the area has a major spook factor to it. And I believe all the negative things that have come that people come to investigate has to strike something up. Bring something. Yeah. Like Ouija boards are found in the area all the time. People come and do Ouija boards all the time. So even if something wasn't there originally, it probably is there Why now. Don't they take their Ouija boards back with them. Well, if, if you people take them out of like cardboard, in, you should take it back with you. Well, if it's open and they don't know how to close it properly, they're going to leave it there. And a lot of pictures I saw were like people made it out of cardboard and just left it there. Oh, you can do so, that? Yeah. And like, yeah, you could draw a Ouija board on anything. I refuse to use one. Ooh, I've done it a couple I times. I know you have. But nope. So, unfortunately, unfortunately, many criminals have taken advantage of the ghost hunters and the curious that come to the bridge. So, if you're planning on going there, be careful. They, while people get out of their car to search around, the criminals will climb into the vehicles and hide in the backseat. Oh, no, no. That's so scary. To attack or rob them later. So this isn't like, you know, doesn't give tours or anything like that. So I don't want to sit here and say, go look at the bridges or go drive through the portals of hell. I'm actually going to tell you, don't don't. do that. Just listen to the podcast and get spooked on your own because that's super dangerous. It sounds like those are super narrow roads that go under those seven bridges of hell. So speeding through them to try to get to the 12th one by midnight just honestly sounds really stupid. And if it takes you to hell or not, it just sounds silly. And then going to investigate this bridge, go during the day or again, do it virtually on Google Maps. You can do everything (laughs) virtually now. So don't put your life at risk Mm -mm. for that. Mm -mm. So that's what I got for you, Mama. Well, I mean, you're right. Legends are often built on facts. Right. And so. again, I know this wasn't necessarily a ghost paranormal story, but it's a creepy legend. And I could not stop looking into it and reading it. And I had to share. I That's had to good. share. That's good. I like that we share things that are not always the haunted houses and the haunted right. hotels. Right. It's not repetitive of the, oh, there's footsteps and there's cold spots. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We We want to throw different different ideas you know into the mix absolutely so and some of those ideas have just mostly history like my <laughs> last one <laughs> but the history was creepy in itself oh, exactly. so that's absolutely. you know that's part of it too mm-hmm. is a crime story in <laughs> paranormal well thank you guys so much for listening to our stories yes. next week mom New Jersey. New Jersey. Yippers, number 18. I got a creepy, 
true crime story. All right. Can't wait. We are going to ask something a little different of you guys tonight. If you or someone you know owns a brewery or a winery or a distillery or something that you really want us to get our hands on, email us at killerhangoverpodcast at gmail.com. That would be great. Let us know where we can get it or where we can have it sent to, to a liquor store or something. We'd love to kind of advertise your product. As we're sampling it on For free. Our There's no, yes, exactly. And we'd love to sample your product. So we'd love to sample the alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you can also find us on Facebook at Killer Hangover Podcast and Instagram at Killer Hangover. And again, I'm going to ask without trying to sound annoying. I don't want to sound annoying, but we would love if you could help us out and take a moment after you've listened to this episode and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or even on the Facebook group. That would be fantastic. Very much appreciated. Also, again, if you have any stories of your own that you have experienced, whether paranormal or anything else, um, you can send it to us also, and we would love to share those stories. And if you want us to keep you anonymous, we'll do that. Happy to do so. Exactly. Or not, we would just happy to do that also. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. Stay safe, stay healthy in all this yuckiness. This is fun. Cheers, Mama. Cheers, our empty cans. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Cheers. That was sad. You know what? Let's, Let's just... just crush our empty cans. <laughs> I didn't even make a noise. I squeezed the can. That didn't even make a noise. Let's just hold up our beers. <laughs> All right, guys, a virtual cheers. (laughs) (laughs) Cheers. Love you, kid.